tell me you love me. <laughs> Thankful I kept my job through COVID. Yeah, that's good too. Yep. What else? Uh... Welcome back to the Jojatorium. Remember too, whenever uh, it was, we found the the German Scheiser porn. Well, that's not a lot of each other. You're in twerk classes over there. That's yeah, what yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fitness class. Working on them TikTok videos you like so much. Dead face. <laughs> Got right in front of you. Welcome back to Jojatorium. You know who it is. It's Adam. It's Matt. We're decaying with the boys, and Long Island belongs to MJF. Hop Nation versus Weekly Recap. The battleground is set, and the Warriors are squaring off just like they know how to with beer. So head on over to Creekside Beer to pick up custom four packs from each podcast to see which show can reign supreme. While you're doing your research, how about following and listening to both Hop Nation and the Weekly Recap to get your beer news, insight to the craft beer biz, and some laughs along the way. Plus, Creekside Beer is offering more beer than you can handle for this holiday season. Make it a hoppy holiday season, but just make sure you tell them all the boys sent you. Adam, we're at my house today. Yeah, <laughs> we're at the uh, second studio location. Yes, this is the offsite studio. The, the fandom outside of the Jojatorium got too hot, so we had to pull a Beatles and go somewhere else to record this episode. Thanks for doing it on an evening where Creekside was open. Or uh, Connie Creek, sorry. Con- yes. Connie Con- Creek. Our, our friend Creekside is also open tonight. Yes. Go get, they, go get beer there. And that's check out said. those custom four packs. Those guys, uh, That's a cool little showdown. Yes. They just didn't invite us uh, because they didn't want to get beat. Yeah, so, they would have been. You know. Big L You guys would have just had a bunch of dents. Yeah. <laughs> it just would have been a bunch of dents. Uh, so we, I, I want to say this is probably this is probably our Christmas episode. I'd say, yeah. As far as a as far as a live thing, I don't know if you want to yeah. let everybody know what we're doing for next week, but yeah. Well, the, the gift we're giving each other for next week is we're going to take a week off because yes. we've we've been going hot, man. So we're going to take a week off. and We're going to give you guys a nice little best of episode. We picked some of our favorite segments from this past uh, past. I think it's going to be like forty three or forty four episodes. Almost a year. Almost a year. But we're going to give you guys a little treat, little little snacky cake of our favorite things. Um, but since it is our Christmas episode, Adam, I got you Christmas gifts. Oh, I didn't get you nothing. No, nah, I got you. Bullshit. Gifts. I got you gift too. So I got you some gifts and I got you some pretty cool stuff that I think I'm surprised you haven't been able to guess what, what it is, but, uh, I put it in a beer cooler. So, oh, that's so f- yeah. That's so festive. <laughs> uh, like, like. Likewise, I put mine in a uh, – it's a birthday gift bag, but I put, red, <laughs> I put red and green paper on top. Oh, my goodness. This just proves that we're the guys Jesus and we don't do most Christ. of the wrapping for our family. Yeah, this is definitely – So, uh, you first. There's. I'll just lay it out for yeah. you. There's something on top. Okay. Then I think you probably can feel with your leg that you're resting the bag on. There might be beer under it. Yeah. Go with the two-pack first because those are like the – the two-pack's the cooler of the beer. I'm going to say right now, you're saying two-pack. Yeah. You know what it is. I already know what it is, but I'm so happy that you did it. Oh, you got a custom t-shirt? So even it? though our t-shirts got taken down, <laughs> yeah. I got you a t-shirt. Thank you so for much, For with the boys. Oh. And if we did our episode where you got punished a little bit earlier, yeah. I would have threw that picture of you all sauced on the back of it. Oh. It is just, just our, our logo. logo on the front. Oh, you're wonderful. <laughs> you're safe. Thanks. Yes. I yeah. knew it. 
Triple shakes, barrel aged. Yeah. You're the fucking man, In dude. some, uh, oh, what yeah. barrel did they put? Oh, Four Roses. I yeah, it's important. That's why I wanted, I tried to pre-order some and I couldn't get to it. Then I got you some more stout Ooh, slash chunky Christmasy. boy. Oh, this is so cool, so man. Four, four different ones. There's two chunky boys, yeah. but one's maple and one is raspberry stout, I believe. Yeah. And then the rogue. A chocolate chipotle. <laughs> the rogue Kringle Crusher, just because it's wrestling themed and Christmas themed. I love it. And then I forget what that one is. Is this for my boss at Arboretum? No, this is Maslin. I just saw the I saw the the label. Cool, man. Thank you so much, man. You got it, man. You always you always hook me up. Congrats. All right. So oh, have, uh, yes. first he got me a cool beer cooler. You're not getting this back. Yeah, you can have that. <laughs> That's gone through. You can see how I had to tie the thing together. It's not even like a real strap anymore. <laughs> see that. So I got you a custom belt. It says so it's homebrewing champion with bash brew. And that's an extender. Is that an extender? In, in case, case you get fat. My, I'll just throw it over my shoulder like Paul White. Yeah. And then I got you one of the sweetest fucking shirts I could find. <laughs> Touch my camera through the fence. Yes. Thanks, brother. No problem, man. You see, oh, too, yeah. on, on the belt, you got Joji on the one side and you got Taki on the other side. I see that. Yeah. That is freaking awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm totally gonna need the extender too. Yeah, so like the extender works there too because you could like just put the I'll the see. stickies on there, and oh. you you can make it extra chonky. Awesome, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> just hang out in the background. Yeah. When we go video, that'll be in the background of my video. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks, brother. You're very welcome. Man, Christmas is always just fun. Dude, the only sad part is I just saw our good buddy Jim, who also appreciates Fed Smoker. Yes. Uh, I would have wore that shirt to the, <laughs> the oh. Christmas party. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll see if he's coming to the Christmas party Sunday. I'll wear it. Yeah. Oh, dude, he'll he'll really appreciate that. Oh, man. So, Merry Christmas, Adam. Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you for... Uh, you know, having a great year of podcasting and beer making and all the shenanigans and so and I, and usually you're supposed to do what you're thankful for around Christmas time, but I do it around Christmas time and I am thankful for you. I'm th- I'm thankful that we the the brewery did good stuff. I'm just thankful for myself. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. I mean, I'm thankful for the gift you got. Yeah, me. yeah. Thanks for giving me nice stuff. Yeah, but, I mean. Dude, you're my best friend. What are you doing? <laughs> you're cool, too. Ah, all right. <laughs> I'm thankful for my new car I got this year. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice new car. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Tell me you love me. <laughs> thankful I kept my job through COVID. Yeah, that's good, too. Yep. What else? Uh, you're such a piece uh, of shit right now. Thankful this, this. Oh, I'm thankful. This is kind of. This is pretty good. Okay. I'm thankful the, the pens are on a winning streak. <laughs> Are you thankful that Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire into the season? Yes, more than our friendship, actually. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! Oh, well, you said it. You said it. It's, it's in. It's in I am your thankful list. For our friendship. No, thank you very Just much. Just below how thankful I am that he's done. Understand, but you understand that. You're, of course, you're, you you should feel the same way. Yes. <laughs> All right, Adam. So we are in round one. You brought some really great beers. Put them together. <laughs> round one beers what do we got uh well i'm gonna let you introduce it because on my way up here i was like oh 
It's about four o'clock. Carney Creek opens at four o'clock. Let me grab some drafts and see if they have any Christmas beer. So you're familiar with this brewery. No. So I'll let you roll with the round one. So Carney Creek, based out of a beautiful New Kensington, Pennsylvania, brings us their winter ale. It's 12th. It's T W E L F dash 25. So 12th, which is pretty cool. 1225. 1225. And it's a winter ale with orange blossom, honey, ginger, cinnamon, and cloves. Clocks in at 8%. And I can tell you that Lee, this is one of his staple beers around this time of year. And I'm so happy you grabbed us some. I will say I was there enjoying a few beverages and grabbing a bite to eat for about 35 minutes. And I think I saw a dozen of these six packs walk out the door. It is popular. So if you want to find out what's going on with Connie Creek, all you have to do is search them out on all social media. It's Connie Creek, C-O-N-N-Y Creek, common spelling, and you can see what's up with them. They have a great kitchen. Uh, I believe that Lee's wife is a, is, a, is a cook, and you could tell, I mean, mm-hmm. just the way the food comes out of there. Uh, and there's always a rotating beer. So you took your first sip. So what's up? Yeah, um, Very good. I think – I don't know what style this is. Oh, winter ale. Okay, yeah. Very winter ale. Uh, got a nice malt on it. Um, get it. I did have it on draft there. And I got a little less of the clove uh, on draft. This one's a little more clovey. A lot of cinnamon. Get that ginger bite. And the honey and orange blossom are there too. I mean, it's it's really good. I felt like on draft I got a little bit more of the orange um, flavor. A little bit less of the clove. But still just a really good. Yeah. When you think Christmas beer, this is a Christmas beer. Yeah, it's really good. And I would say probably the – this is my – best amateur scientist guess at the why that happened because with the orange with it being citrus and having more head from draft you're probably smelling it more too that's possible which gives it and then clove is such a heavy uh heavy spice there probably sits mm. well in the cans mm. it does warm your chest up a little bit it's doesn't good. it yeah well, i mean eight percent yeah it's, it's really good it's doing well so i had this and i had a oh crap i forget what it was called cheer lightful cheer mm-hmm. it was a cherry honey yeah belgian it was delicious really so yeah. i was between those two and this one was a little more christmasy yeah. so i was hoping i had my fingers crossed i was like please put out one of the coffee camp series for christmas i was hoping for like a hot chocolate something or other you know what i mean but a fat man can dream you can know dream. <laughs> i checked on that they still had the uh pumpkin from thanksgiving which is one. good which was good it's yeah. good i've had that one they had, a, they had a, a squash beer on that I didn't get to, but I might I might stop on my way home. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds really good. What'd you get to eat? What'd you eat? Oh, the chicken tacos were yeah. phenomenal. So it was a special for today or the week or whatever, nice. but really good because like usually chicken tacos are, you know, they throw chicken and they put, to- yeah. you know, toppings on it. It's in a tortilla, chicken taco. I call it taco. But oh. the, the chicken was seasoned super well, like, like you would make them at home. Like nice. very flavorful, a little bit of spice. Um, you know, had that the uh cumin in there, so very good, delicious. I always feel like when they're cooking over there, they're cooking as if they were cooking for their friends at home, yeah. And it was yeah. big, like yeah. it was two soft tacos, but they were like almost like burrito mm-hmm. size shells, like very filling. I get their bar pie every once in a while, the barbecue chicken bar pie. I was looking at the buffalo chicken quesadilla, and then Ooh. I saw the tacos, and I was like, like mm, tacos. <laughs> so, speaking of epic historic meals. UFC put on an epic historic card. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a bit, but this this weekend's was yeah. a great one. We saw some of the titans of the UFC actually get put in their place. Uh, what was this? Uh, this is two sixty nine. 
this happened this past weekend um and we saw some big names big names featured here uh so what i want to do is just kind of go through because this card is setting up some epic battles later on so let's start with um one fight in the preliminary i just want to touch base on real quick is uh dominic cruz and pedro uh munoz uh Dominic Cruz was kind of on a fall off for a while and just just watching him in this preliminary match he looked really good. If 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 the opponent lets him move around him the way he does then he can mm -hmm. still score. I think he lost a little bit of speed when he he had so much time off for injuries like a year and a half of his career yeah. and then when he came back is when he looked not quite himself and lost a few close fights and lost like got dominated a couple times too. But yeah, he looked a lot fresher, had that spring in his step. Uh, I hope he's just getting better and it wasn't the opponent was mismatched. But I think we'll I think we'll see. I don't he's not done yet. So I well with even with it being a decision win, it was a decision win despite the fact that it was pretty dominant, I think, by Dominic Cruz. Like you were saying before, he had lost a step, but you could tell the quickness was coming back. He was knocking rust off as he well, was going. That was always his style. Like, unanimous decision win is is his yeah. forte. Like, he's just going to punch you, jab you, hit you with a couple shots that might stumble you, but he's not, like, the knockout, knockout guy. Yeah. And he's not a submission guy. He's mm -hmm. not a ground guy, so... Well, didn't they? Didn't they call him a freestyle fighter too? Like, like yeah. him and Forrest Griffin, I think the last two like dying breed freestyle fighters. Yeah, so. yeah, I that's cool. So. But I like to see Dominic Cruz get back in it, man. I like him a lot. I want to see what he can do next. So let's get into the main card here. We saw uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley taking on Rulion Palva. Uh, it was a TKO in the first round. Almost went to the second round here. There's about mm, 18 seconds left in the first round before O'Malley laid in yeah. some heat in o'malley style they yep. finished exactly how you thought it would might have taken a little longer than i expected but yeah. ended the way i thought it would he's just a powerful guy for like if you look at him you're like he's pretty skinny you don't really see a lot to him but he just knows how to wind up his hands yep they're just so heavy and he puts every ounce of him goes into that punch and you could tell it every time but his gas tank is endless he's throwing bombs right and he never oh, yeah. gasses so that's why you know he's dangerous all the way through, and then you see that too as it, as he goes, you know, the T, the TKO going into almost the end of the round. Uh, speaking of TKOs, the next one at flyweight here is uh, Kai Kara France taking on Cody Garbrandt, and uh, Cody Garbrandt. Man, I don't know what he thought he was doing there, man. I don't know, man. And that chin is looking like a chandelier. He was he was cocky. He was doing his little dance moves and his taunts, and he got caught Did, caught I mean, hard. Didn't he learn his lesson at all? Apparently not. He just, yeah, it, it's a shame because at one point Garbrandt was, he was going to be the guy. He After was, he toppled um, Cruz. Yeah. Took out Dominantly, Cruz. Dominantly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, then he got humbled, humbled hard after that. And then it just never came back. I almost thought, because his contract was in question for a while there too. It looks like he got extended for a couple of fights. Yeah, I but, thought he might have been on his way out. There were yeah. there were rumors of him going to that bare knuckle fighting oh league and stuff like God, that. Oh my God, man, that's brutal. Oh I, yeah, I watched a couple of them and I actually cringe a little bit when I'm watching because you can hear like the slap of the knuckle. Ooh, I saw Chris Lieben just retired from yeah. that league like a few months ago. Lieben's like 70 years old. <laughs> he has that shitty tattoo. He was an Ultimate Fighter one. Yes, uh, terrifying. He just retired. He won his retirement fight. That's good. Barely. 
He fought some young kid too, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa came out there and knocked could've, your fucking block could've, off. Could have died. Grandpa's still dying his hair red, but he knocked your block off. So moving on to the welterweights here, we have Jeff Neal taking on Santiago Ponsonabio. Ponsonabio. Uh, Ponsonabio. <laughs> I took a shot. You, at you it. nailed the first name. See what I was trying to do? I was trying to say it as quick as I could so you couldn't catch me. <laughs> I caught you. Yeah. It was I don't why couldn't you get me uh, four name pronunciation skills for Christmas? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this I, I didn't know a lot about Jeff Neal uh, or Jeff Neal. I don't know how you pronounce his name, which should be the easiest. There you go, it. motherfucker. <laughs> I only say Jeff because I remember Jeff Rowley from yeah, yeah. skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of the upset of the night for me, though. I, I knew Ponzinibbio going in, which is how why I knew how to say his name. Um, and it was a close match. I mean, split decision win for Jeff. But yeah, I mean, you could argue it either way. I mean, I, I thought the I thought it was scored correctly. To be honest, yeah, the scorecard looks about right. I mean, uh, there's one thirty to twenty seven in there that I'd like to see. Go back and look at that round. <clears throat> I'll like to see how that looked. Um, and then we move on to a fight that uh, we talked about this matchup previously in some other episodes. We didn't know if it was going to happen or not. So Juliana Penne, I always say Penne. Pena. Pena. Thank you. Taking on Amanda Nunez. Uh, this is a match that had to happen because of the ranking system and all the shit talking. Um, I didn't see this coming, man. Talk about talk about an upset here. Is a, a rear naked choke submission in the second round, little bit after halfway through. It never looked like Nunez had her feet. No, never looked like it. She got rocked by a stiff, I want to say it was a straight in the first round and like just was off yeah. from there. And didn't, she didn't really come off. She, she seemed a little flat footed the whole time. And I got caught because they were doing the introductions and I sent you a text and said, and it was a, it was, a, it was a picture of Pena and I said, about to get crushed by the lioness. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Oh, dude. She came in with the heat, man. That. That was a complete fight for Pena. That right there, if she could fight like that, there's nobody that's going to be able to step up to her. Smart fight plan, moving in and out, stiff shots. She her her punch selection was limited, but smart. And it was perfect. Yeah. Everything was perfectly timed. I mean, I've seen her fight before, and I I know she's a good fighter, and but she's never looked that crisp, that dominant. Yeah, just. Very few missteps in the whole fight. Uh, I don't know if it was new coaching, a new training regimen, luck. I don't think it, I don't want to take anything away. I don't think it was luck, but I don't know. Right time, right place. I'm not sure, but yeah. I, I think it had to either be a new coaching regimen or a new new game plan, something. And it was incredible. Yeah, I really liked uh, the outcome of this too because. You know, Pena talked a lot of shit, man, and she backed it up. And one of the things she said post-fight that I couldn't fucking believe is they should make a new belt for me because I actually had a kid. <laughs> and, Amanda, and Amanda Nunez just adopted a kid. And I was like, uh, that's not cool, Ouch. man. <laughs> you just took a cut. And uh, so clearly, and we'll get into this here in a second, I you gotta run it back. I was, I was, I was pretty lit during this too. I like yeah. couldn't believe what I was seeing. I think I was like mm, ten hams deep. <laughs> yeah, 
Ten hands deep is roughly wa- wa- three craft beers. I was watching. Yeah, I was watching in the judges' room. Oh, I think I had some craft beers before I got into the hams too. <laughs> so I was like pretty lit, like because I completely forgot to text you back because yeah. I was just so floored. And then my stream went out for the main event, but like, like, so I was trying to work on that. But yeah, I heard. I mean, I heard uh, Pena came out and said, "No, yeah. she she thinks Nunez deserves a rematch." So oh, of I course. think they're definitely going to run it back. Yeah, they'll run it back. It's a smart and big money. Big oh, money absolutely. Match. Yeah. Especially now with the upset in there. Yeah. And then you set up the trilogy, right? You know, if, if Nunez can get the belt back. Uh, so they were looking at Charles Oliveira taking on Dustin Poirier. So this match was actually pretty cool. The McGregor killer. Yes, uh, the man who sent uh, McGregor to eat chicken McNuggets because he looks puffy as fuck. As a thick man, I recognize thick recognizes thick. Welcome to the team, yeah. Connor. Glad to have you on board. We love your whiskey. <laughs> Uh, but the champion rings true. Um, he exposed Dustin's lack of ground game with a beautiful rear naked choke submission in the third round, a little bit over a minute into it. Um, let in with some uh, strategic punches, got into the inside of Dustin, worked his way to the ground, and then just took it. I mean, smart fight plan. Smart, smart fight plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just what Oliveri does. Yeah. I, it was... Uh... A great fight. Poirier well, well past deserved the, the shot. Um, I don't know where he goes from here. Like, it's, yeah. it's, I don't feel like he's going to get back into the title picture before he's done. He's been fighting for so long. Yeah. Um, such a shame because he seems like a really nice guy, like down to earth family yeah. guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, Oliveria just dominant. Yeah, he looked really good. Because Oliveria, like, his weakness when he first came into the UFC was his stand-up game wasn't super strong. Yeah. But his ground game, his submissions game, jiu-jitsu has always been ridiculous. Yeah. And now he's getting that striking. He's, like... Looking good. He's becoming unstoppable. Yeah. It's kind of scary. In some facets, yeah. It's kind of scary. So, we move on to some fights that we want to see after uh, 269's card ends here. And, and this is coming from some critics and then some suggestions from us. So first and foremost, Oliveria taking on Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. Yeah. I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah, I'd like that because now with Oliveria's striking and Gaethje's Homer Simpson style. Uh, Eating yeah, punches. Yeah, eat punches to death. Uh, but like, it's also um, you got Oliveria's jujitsu against Gaethje's wrestling. So, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, as long as Gaethje can block the takedowns and get yeah. in dominant positions on the ground, and stay out of this. I, mean, I don't know how good his jujitsu is, but well, we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna find out. Um, and then we're gonna look at uh, Poirier versus Michael Chandler, which would be a good battle. That's not. It's not a bad battle. I like that. Yeah, and also too, let's not forget here. Anytime Dustin takes an L, you know McGregor and one of the Diaz brothers is waiting in the wings to talk shit. So you never know. It could be a Dustin versus a returning somebody. Better not be a McGregor 3. We already... Yeah, we know that's going to work out. We already saw it twice. Saw it twice, and one of them resulted in a broken leg. So, and then, of course, we already said Pena and Nunez too. That's going to happen. That's a solid... That's... If it doesn't happen, that's insane. But you know what would be really smart? Uh... Put a little time. Put a little time the on it. The only way that wouldn't happen is if Nunez wasn't, doesn't want to do it, I think. Like, yeah. it, it's just up to her. Like, she's been holding. She still has a belt, right? Yeah, she yeah, was She so was two-timing. There's yeah. that, too. Maybe she has to go defend in the other weight class first. Who knows? That's true, man. Which she might have to I do. I completely forgot about that until yeah. we just, yeah, until you just mentioned it. I was like, yeah, she she lost one belt. Yeah. She still has, still has the other one. 
And so this was the lighter, the lighter weight yeah. of the two. I was going to say because yeah. that was the other thing. Pena looked small compared yes. to Nunez, like side by side, and she was just wow. And this is I the same. Watch that back again. That was yeah, amazing. me too. This is the same weight class that Dana White's talking about eliminating for women. So there wasn't any competition. Hopefully, hopefully Pena brings it to prominence. Yeah. That's what I say. Uh, he was saying there's no there's no challengers for Nunez. What are we gonna do? Well, I think you just found out what you're gonna do. Boom. Yeah, right there. Uh, shook the whole thing up. And then, last but not least here, uh, we're going to see Sean O'Malley taking on Dominic Cruz, which we thought would be a great matchup. Uh, Dominic Cruz's speed, if he can continue to regain it, will be beneficial. And then I think, too, when you see Sean O'Malley's power, that's huge. Um, just knowing that O'Malley has a, a snooze button in his right hand, yeah. just waiting. Yeah. And it, then, yeah, That's a really cool fight because you got uh, Cruz's footwork. Against O'Malley's power, yep. and, and it'll be a real mm home. -hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it'll be something to see. I Cruz is going to have to have his dancing shoes on. Yeah, man, he's got to avoid that that right. You have to, man. And then and O'Malley loads it up all fight, man. He's looking to land it, and he'll and he shows it to you uh -huh. too. He's not scared. You could telegraph him as much as you can, tr hope that you can, but he's still landing it yeah. with consistency and a ton of power. Although when he goes up against name like bigger names, some that's when he falters too. So it's yeah. it's it's an interesting fight. Either way, Dana, make these make these fights. Yeah, I got man. UFC stock. So Exactly. I want to make it's money. The only, it's the only thing going up right yeah. now. <laughs> it's recession proof. <laughs> <laughs> so uh speaking of Nate Diaz, we had mentioned earlier that anytime Dustin Poirier loses it all, you know, there's a Diaz or a McGregor waiting in the wings here. So of course, as soon as Dustin got done with his Presser at the end of 269. Uh, Diaz extended a fight via Twitter. He said, I'll fight DP in January. Don't be a scared little bitch this time now or never. Uh, so, of course, Poirier, being the consummate professional that he is, responded on the MMA hour stating that he would love to have a go with the Stockton slapper. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be ready to go in January. He yeah. just fought in December. Maybe. And he fought a champion. How was the last time? I, I mean, it might have been last month, and I just didn't care about the card. When's the last time Nate Diaz fought? He hasn't. Yeah. He's been holding. Like, so he tried to do what McGregor did. He's like, I'm going to hold out for money. But yeah. the thing is, is. Your name's not as big. Yeah, we, we can't. We, we, who are going to pay you to fight, buddy? Who are we going to pay you to fight? Every time we put you in a main card bout, you won one time against McGregor, and that was cool. And then after that, what happened? Like, yeah. so I don't know. I'd like to see Dustin knock the shit out of Diaz. I would love to see it. Um, but I think honestly, if anyone can give Dustin a weird run for his money, it's probably one of the Diaz. Oh, I runs. think, yeah. I think it's definitely Nate Diaz because yeah. Nate Diaz is such a great, he's, he's such a weird stand up fighter where like he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing and then he catches you. Yeah. And then like, as soon, as soon as he gets you to the ground, you're toast. It's over. Yeah. He, he, cause he's so long, but he'll just like, like sneak in a, what looks like a slow, weak looking jab. And it just loop. It just knocks people loopy. Yeah. Like there's just so much just power, I guess, jaws. in his short range yeah. game that, Damn, I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I like to see it happen. If it can, if it can't, I'm also not going to be too sad yeah, about against it. Paul. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> go make that bank. Either of them. Yeah. So speaking of money and making bank, uh, the UFC wants their fighters to pay for their COVID tests. So uh, as UFC continues to become the continued dominant MMA product that it is, 
it had uh it had a reputation of treating their fighters very well during the covid restrictions and getting the covid bouts on one of those things was covering all the habitual frequent testing for their fighters and now the ufc has said it's incumbent upon you the fighter and your team to test yourselves you guys take on the costs you guys do all the testing and you report to us it doesn't it does it doesn't make any sense it's terrible is the ufc really hurting that bad like they should be doing better because they have crowds yeah well uh glad you said that because they're actually set up to meet a one billion dollar with a b billion dollar revenue this year because of the espn deal and all the blockbuster pay-per-views they've had so I'm, I'm, i'm sure they're paying for more tests than we think i'm sure it's not just the fighters they probably have to test the whole team for the fighters yeah but a lot of the cards they put on especially during COVID times was like to get like six teams in the building and just have their fighters kind of fill up that card. Yeah. Which is smart. It was good yeah. planning. I mean, it just, it just doesn't make sense, especially I feel like through parts, not to get political, but through, through parts of the year, Dana White was very vocal about not being for vaccinations, yeah. not worrying about it. But to go from that to being like, oh, no, no, we're, we're not so much worried about the COVID, but we're worried about our finances. It's yeah. just... It leaves a weird taste in my mouth. But it also leads to this thing, too. The one thing I thought about after all of that conversation was, so now you could potentially have a blockbuster fight. Think about, you know, Juliana taking on Amanda for the second time for that belt, and all of a sudden, Nunez is like, well, I couldn't afford the testing, so none of my team got tested the week before the fight. And then you cancel a fight? Like that? I mean, but I'm not even worried about it for somebody like Nunez's level. Like, what happens to your undercard fighters that are what about are literally living fight to fight? Even O'Malley's yeah. not at a level where he's... I'm sure he has some sponsorship deals outside of Right, but not fighting, like some of these other guys. But not, yeah. He's not getting yeah. paid like a champion. He's not getting paid like... Right. I don't even think he's ranked top 10 yet. Mm-mm, no, I know no. he was, and then he lost that fight. And so. then knocked him yeah. down a second. But I'm going to say, I think the hard part for him is going to be, like, fighters like him, is going to be what kind of testing is the UFC going to require? Is it going to be the rapid result test? Because those things are $175 a piece. I just saw – it's funny enough. I went and got my booster this week. Yeah. And as I'm, like, sitting there waiting my 15 minutes, I'm facing, like – it was, like, all the tests. It was, like, the drug menu. tests. It was, like, drug <laughs> tests and COVID tests. And I was just like, oh, how much does this stuff cost? And I'm, like, looking. I was like, yeah, a, a rapid COVID test for at home was 170 bucks at – at uh, Walgreens. That's insane. Like, it's crazy. And then you imagine, too, that's your take-home test from Walgreens. It was even crazier that they just... Well, maybe it was just an empty box on the shelves and you have to ask the pharmacy. Because it was just sitting there. I'm like... It's like, yoink. <laughs> you lock up the razor blades. You should probably lock, lock up the that up. I think more people are going to go after that yeah. thing than more about shaving their face. So, Adam, tis the season to be jolly and to buy some stuff. So, we're going to throw it to our sponsors. And, of course, our sponsors have at Lucky 13. The deal is still going on right now. You buy one holiday shirt, you get another one free. So, you need a stocking stuffer. They're perfect. And also, too, we're going to throw in a little bit of a commercial from our friends over at the Break Up Gaming Society. So, that's a group of people that like to drink booze just like us, play board games kind of like me, and talk shop. Ooh, I love that idea. Yeah, That's dude. a cool idea. There's such a fun crew of people to listen to. So if you like what you hear, check out our sponsors and check out the Breakup Gaming Society. And they'll love to have you guys uh, be part of their team. All right. See you guys on the other side.
If you like board game nights that feature a random cast of screw-ups along with lots of booze and expertly curated golden era hip-hop, then Breakup Gaming Society is saving a seat for you, my friend. Give us a listen at BreakupGamingSociety.com or find us on Spotify. Thanks. Nice ink, Adam. Yeah, I got your name on my ass. <laughs> uh, I was talking about your forearm, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been taking care of it. Yeah, it looks great, man. Uh, what, are, what are you using? I'm using Lucky 13's Tattoo Cleanser and Healing Ointment. This ointment is incredibly fresh and invigorating. It effectively removes all surface oils and dirt while not dehydrating your new tattoo. Dude, I actually got some of Lucky 13's Tattoo Balm. It's all natural, not oily, and applies easily. The balm improved my color and definition, and the vibrance on this ink makes it look like it's brand new. Oh yeah, man. I found their products after taking their online quiz and it pointed me in the right direction. Hey, guess what? And right now, if you use our promo code MATA193529, you can save 25% on your entire order from their site. From the first line of your tattoo to the first year of your tattoo and beyond, Lucky 13 has you covered to keep that ink looking fresh. Welcome back. Hopefully you heard something that you like. Because again, if you support our sponsors, you support us. And don't forget to check out our friends at Break Gaming Society. So... I threw it out to our social media platforms. I said universe last time, which sounded really... Con- it's either multiverse or platform. Yeah, right? very pretentious to say my my universe, because... No, that just means our listeners mean so much to you. They, they do. They encompass your whole universe. They really I'll do. I'll defend you. Thank you. Because I'm thankful for you, Matt. Finally! Finally! <laughs> it only took him a whole half to think. Well... What? I had to get through the stuff I was really grateful for. And then- Motherfucker. So I <laughs> put it out to our fans, and I asked you guys, do you open presents on uh, Christmas Eve? Because sometimes that is a tradition for some people. And uh, 34% of you guys said yes, and then the other 66% of you said no. This is kind of a toss-up. Uh, we do it here in my household because we leave Christmas for the kids. So my wife and I exchange gifts on Christmas. Oh, that's Eve. nice. Yeah. I'm a, as a kid, yeah, as a young kid, like your kids are, I really wanted to do that. Cause I knew kids that were in that 34%. Yeah. They got to open like a thing or two. And one year my mom gave in and she was sly about it. <laughs> Cause she's like, yeah, you and your brother can both open one gift. And it was socks. Smart. And I was like, Yep, never going to ask for this again. Mama Bachelor knew what she was, was doing. so mad. <laughs> um, but no, we, I mean, we we celebrate with uh, the in-laws on New Year's, or not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. Yeah. So technically, I guess we do. But as far as household and, and um, as far as our household now, we open everything on Christmas Day. But yeah. no kids. So I, I know my brother and sister, like we're, we're uh, celebrating with my family a day late this year. Same reason my brother and sister-in-law have young kids the same yep. age as your kids. So they're doing Christmas, Santa's coming at their house, then the next day coming yeah. coming down. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah, sometimes you have to adjust. So it's cool. So I actually coordinated the births of uh, our children with your brother. I said, hey, man, I'm going to have a kid now. You have a kid. Our kids are like months apart from each other. I think you're – aren't your – each of your firstborns like weeks apart? It's yeah. like two weeks exa- almost I, I, exactly. We almost like saw our car, cars cross each other yeah. as I, we were exiting, they were entering. Uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of cool because every time we do get to link up with your family, it, it's kind of like our, uh, my wife and then your brother's wife are like – their names rhyme too. I didn't even think about names. that. <laughs> Casey and Stacey. Yeah, that's true. So they, 
they like kind of team up and are like, this is some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then me and Logan are just drinking our asses off of these cookouts. <laughs> you just see me th- burning money in the yard. <laughs> like, look at what I got, guys. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Adam. We are in round two. You already brought us a delicious Christmas treat for the first set. So we're in round two. You brought some more beers, put them together. <laughs> round two beers. That was on point. That was pretty so good. So what would you bring for us? So I have us some Saucer Sled Record made by Acclamation Brewing in Verona, PA. And I lost the notes, but it is a Cran Apple Sour, Smoothie Sour, coming in at 6.2%. And it is a... Uh, it's actually a version of their Pilsner that they soured, and then after fermentation, they loaded it up with cranberry, tart apple, and vanilla. So let's crack it open. Ooh, sand's coming to town. So if you want to find what's happening at Acclamation Brewing, search them out on all social media, Acclamation Brewing, and they are very active, and I can tell you right now, because... Uh, I decided to crack this beer way earlier, and I was taking sips out of it already, and it's a... For, for a smoothie sour, the mouthfeel isn't as thick as you usually get for a smoothie. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, too. I don't like a – I usually stay away from the smoothie sours only because of the thickness of them. I did miss that. It is a smoothie sour, so there's also lactose in it. Yeah, which is – out there. But it's, it's really good, man. I think that all goes into them using that Pilsner base yeah. for the base of the sour. Um, really works out well. I'm getting uh, I'm getting a little bit of the cranberry. I get a lot of the apple and a lot of the vanilla, and it's really yeah. nice. Those two things shine through pretty hard for me. I can definitely taste the apple uh, first and foremost. I can get the cranberry right at the end. That the that bitterness of a cranberry plays at the end. It tastes like a dessert. Yeah, it's really So this good. is kind of the flip side of a Christmas beer. For yeah. <laughs> like you have Christmas fruits in this one for the smoothie sour, or we had Christmas spice yeah. in the Connie Creek offering. So yeah, and both, both the, very good beers. But yeah, exactly. Both fantastic Christmas beers and it kind of gives you uh, a side of each. So and then, uh, as guys who are in craft beer, we see people who want the spicy and some people who want the fruity. Yeah. So this gives you two great options. And I will say Connie Creek more my style being a winter ale and, yes. and kind of being a spicier one. This one's, I mean, smoothie sours, I usually go, eh, eh, but. This as far as the smoothie yeah. sour goes, this one's really good on yeah. for, for me. So I really do like this too. I'm, I'm with you. I tend to go towards that spicy side, but I'm really glad you brought this to my attention because every once in a while you do need a palate breaker, and I really believe this is a, a good one to have for sure. So, Adam, during the Christmas season, you get all these Christmas movies shoved down your throat. Miracle on 34th Street. Sucks. Hate it. Uh, what else? We like? Elf, dumb, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, but you know they don't talk to you enough about Christmas horror movies because that's what really rings in the season: blood, gore, guts, mayhem, psychopaths dressed as Santa Claus, crazy horn swoggles dressed as elves. It gets nuts, and that's what I live and die for around the holiday season because every single production company look at you a24 you don't stop coming out with christmas horror movies some of them are good some of them are really not asylum good. stop it <laughs> yeah please god you and gravitas pump the fucking brakes <laughs> so adam you to the mount rushmore 
of Christmas horror movies. That was an extra growl on that challenge. I really like this one a lot. Oh, I thought you were pushing out a Yule log. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for Christmas horror movies and anthology horror movies. So this is where I really like to... Uh, I like this a lot. I, it's actually well, I knew one that covers both of those. Might I'd, be on my list. Possibly. <laughs> but, Adam, just so you know, we did get some new listeners. Uh, so yeah, run them through how this works. So this is a snake draft. So Adam and I have to come up with our four best options. Uh, in this round, I'm going to go first. So it's uh, me to Adam, Adam to me, and then we have to keep No, going. it's not really a snake draft anymore, I guess. We keep saying that. Yeah. But without three people, it's not really. That's it's just true. A back and yeah. forth. Back and, uh, yeah. so it's just a draft, standard yeah. draft. Back and forth, and uh, if I take Adam's first round pick, he better have a solid number two that could be a number one, and so on and so forth. So while we ask for four from each of us, you probably should have at least eight to ten. Uh, and then, too, we always have some leftover goodies to talk about. And then we decide to take the eight that we've decided upon and find the four that we want to give to you guys to look at for during the Christmas season so you can actually stack up your horror movie to scare your fucking family <laughs> during Christmas time. That's what I want to do. So, Matt, you keep track of this crap. Yeah. Who goes first? Me, baby. Oh, okay. Good. Me. And I'm about to there, fuck my, your dreams up. My first up. pick is probably going to – if I picked it, it probably would have stole yours, I think. I think so uh, because what you need to do uh, for Christmas time is you want to – whenever you're trying to show a horror movie to your family for Christmas time, you kind of want to like, let them know what's going to happen. So the title really says it all. So I'm going to go with a 1974 classic. I'm going to go with Black Christmas, originally called Silent Night, Evil Night. It's based on the great urban legend of the babysitter downstairs and the children upstairs and the killers in the house. The phone calls come from inside the house. It's kind of like based off of that. So this movie was actually considered one of the original slashers, which you know is one of my favorite genres, looking at Scream, looking at Hatchet, we're looking at those things. Your dick, this is my first choice. Yes. I'm glad I stole it, it from you. It should be almost everybody's first choice for Christmas. It, it should be. And it's been remade twice now. Uh, both of them actually... <laughs> they got progressively worse. They got progressively worse. But if you look at, in terms of like horror movies around Christmas time, they hold up. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I would say yes for the 2006. 2006 yeah. Yes, but not... 2019. The latest one was a PG-13 version yeah, it and it good. sucked. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't. I hot. did watch the uh, 2006 version this week, actually. Yeah, which is really good. And it's still, still enjoy it. good enough. They, they Funny, good story. Yeah. Still pretty twisted. Actually, more twisted than the original as far as the story goes. Yeah. Um, Golden boy. <laughs> Golden boy, a little bit of incest. A little bit uh, of... Oh, yeah. Uh, so it gets a little weird. Yeah. Somebody's brother is also somebody's dad. <laughs> like, it gets weird. It gets a little convoluted. Um, but you gotta yeah, pay attention a lot. The original is yeah. definitely the best. So I'm going to go with the 1974 classic, and I'm also going to say, too, the re another reason why I picked it, again, is because it's one of the OG slashers and was critically acclaimed, and not not only critically acclaimed, but also in the horror community accepted as a great horror movie in general. And I'm going to screw this up, but it was either written, produced, directed, something behind the scenes as the same guy that did A Christmas Story. Fun fact. That's a pretty... Yes. That makes me like that movie a little more now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the same producer. Maybe you can. Maybe we'll look it. We'll up look that up. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, it's on you, man. Can you recover? Yep. Oh, I'm gonna recover. Okay. Because I'm gonna take one that I know is near and dear to your hearts, and it's one I like to watch every Christmas. Made by a very, very acclaimed director, Steven Spielberg. Motherfucker. And it's Gremlins. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you're gonna take Black Christmas, then Gremlins instantly becomes my number one. No, number. It's my number two. Um, and it was just, it was just a very refreshing. Uh, 
horror movie, especially for when it came out. I can't speak too much for that, but knowing the genre, because um, I think it also came out before I was born. Was that 84 that Gremlins came out? 1984. Yeah. So, year before I was born, but it was also in the era of slashers. Like, that was uh, half a decade, uh, eight years or so after, or six years or so after Halloween came out. Yes. Slashers and, were super hot. Yep. And um, 10 years after Black Christmas came right. out. Yeah. So Gremlins was refreshing because you got a little bit of a creature feature, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of horror, very goofy. Favorite scene is definitely when they send grandma up her uh, chair, uh, <laughs> she gets her, her stair launched. chair and launched out the front <laughs> yeah. window. Uh, great scene. Um, but yeah, just a great Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, classic to enjoy, which is also some, I mean, there's nothing too violent. If you have preteen to teenage kiddos, yeah. it's, it's fine. They can hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd also say too, uh, one of the big things is that it was actually, uh, there was a lot of debate over that for a while, whether or not it was a horror movie or a Christmas movie. And now, uh, Steven Spielberg actually came out and said as the executive producer of that film that it is in fact a Christmas horror movie. So stop the debate whether it's Christmas or horror. It is a it's Christmas both. horror movie. And it was my number two pick. You're brilliant because you saw it coming. But I think my other ones – My, you're, my you're, one and two – my one was always yeah. going to be Gremlins to be honest. But Black Christmas was my second for sure. Yeah. And then my list would have just dominated yours. I figured you were going to take one of those. Yeah. I was definitely – yeah. Those two are on the top here. But – I am going to go with a more uh, modern movie from a number two pick. I believe that this movie uh, was smart. It was cheeky, if I could say something you know, different in an adjective world. Um, so it's all about home intrusion, misguided love, uh, a twisted young soul. It's better watch out from 2016. Check on choke on your fucking candy cane, Matt, because that was definitely my number two choice. Yes, <laughs> I'm winning. So better watch out. 2016 film. It it this whole thing just devolves into a tale of the misplaced emotion and trickery and plot twists and gore and death and a very and twisted view of love. Home invasion. Yeah, betrayal. You don't spoil too much. I know. But you, it's it, you have to watch it. Such a great movie. Um, yeah, it's one, a great movie. There, there's not yeah. a lot you can say. No, without giving it without away. Without giving a bunch away. I'll just say the twist happens early, early, yeah. and then it's awesome. Yeah, great movie. Check it out. Better watch out. I will say my favorite part because I just checked it out on Matt's recommendation this uh, holiday season. Uh, it does involve a kill from. Home Alone that we discussed yeah. in the last episode. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and you can see it coming from about five minutes away. Yeah. But it's executed wonderfully. The payoff is very nice. So, Adam, can you recover for number two? That's tough. <laughs> now, I've now used up three of my uh, movies, and I'm only in my second pick. Um, so I guess I'm going to have to default a little movie from 2015. Featuring Adam Scott and Tony Collette of uh, Hereditary fame. It's Krampus. Krampus is fun, yeah. man. So I'm going to go with Krampus for my second pick. Because my quality of movies just drops drastically from there. <laughs> as far as good movies. Yeah. Uh, Krampus was a fun movie. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, I forget who did this movie, but I know it's somebody that did good like little creature. Fe like Not little creature features, yeah. but like. 
was a good monster maker in past movies, and I really wish I remembered who it was. But j- just the, the, the creatures, the monsters, the imagery of this movie is really cool. A little CGI heavy, which is why it definitely wasn't going to be in my first yeah. choice. Um, but good comedy with Adam Scott in there, too. Right. Um, just a solid movie. Yeah. I would agree with that, too. And plus, nothing is scarier than the anti-Santa Claus, uh, which everyone freaks out about. Like, kind of, it kind of makes me happy when there's a, does, somebody yeah. ruining Christmas. There has to be somebody, and that Grinch is a bitch. So we have to get some a little, little more muscle, and that's where Krampus comes in. Now, Adam, for my third round pick, this is a movie you may not have watched, so I may need to break this down a little more for you. But again, another modern horror that I really enjoyed here. I got to watch on Netflix a couple years ago when I was on a trip for training, and it was in 2018. It's called Await Further Instructions fantastic movie here so a family attempts to get through a tumultuous christmas dinner there's all kinds of collision a very abusive a truculent father kind of coming down on his son they all eat and they say fuck this we're all gonna separate for the night and when they wake up the whole house is coated in a mysterious black substance they can't get out and the tv gives them all these instructions on how to survive They're injecting each other with weird substances. They're cutting parts of their own bodies out. So there's everything. It's gore. It's body horror. It's it's everything. And there's tension inside the house. Await further instructions. Ending that the ending to that movie is so brutal that I can't even explain it. That it needs to be watched. So for my third round pick, I'm picking Await Further Instructions. I did. It was on my list of stuff to watch that maybe would make my list but i'd never made it to watching it i heard it was good though it's so i can't brutal i can't say for or against it love that movie that makes me wonder what to say next so i think this is the first time i've ever had you on the ropes during a mount rushmore because i have a brutal one okay it's not necessarily like super christmasy it's a foreign (laughs) film Do it. Or you save it for round four. No, this is not one for the kiddos, everybody. It's called Inside. And it's... Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a foreign film. Uh, It's about a pregnant lady. (laughs) So if you get triggered by any of this, don't watch it. Yeah, Um, trigger trigger fucking warning. Yeah, pregnant lady. (laughs) It's very brutal. Uh, There's a home invader. He's another woman who wants to make a nativity scene. Uh, That's how I'll put it. And it's it's a very uh, gory body horror um, splatterfest, but yeah. it's very. Br- I mean, I do like that, but it, it's a tough watch. But it's uh, it's horror and it's Christmas time. You took my number four. So pick. so I'm going with my, that for my number three. <laughs> yeah. That probably wouldn't have even made my list, but Matt's taken so many of mine. Uh, that was my number four. Yeah, my number four is gonna be pathetic at this point. I think not as pathetic as mine because I'm going back to a movie that I scared the shit out of my nephews with by accident. So way back when, whenever my ne- I was hanging out with my nephews for Christmas time, they're you know Uncle Matt, let's watch a movie. And at the time, my brother was like the first person to jump on streaming services. So like, oh, let's stream something. Oh, we want to watch this movie. Can you put it on? So I typed it in. I typed in Jack Frost. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know what that is. Click it. Okay. You put on the wrong one. Oh, shit. So the Jack Frost that we started to watch, unbeknownst to me, is when a serial killer is in transit to go to 
pen, the penitentiary for, sol- for solitary confinement. They collide with a chemical truck, and his body becomes the first thing it touches, which is snow. So he becomes a murderous Frosty the Snowman, and he kills Shannon Elizabeth. So I'm going in my fourth round pick because I have to throw a curveball in there somewhere. I'm going with Jack Frost, man. So your soft nephews wanted to watch the, uh, I believe that's Michael Keaton. It is Michael Keaton. And it's like, a, Dad, version. I miss you because you died or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then they put his spirit in the snowman. Yeah. You know what? Both of them should have got blow dried. <laughs> Why wouldn't you put your dad's soul in like a refrigerator or something? <laughs> like it can last. So you... So this is the last pick, right? You didn't pick the horror anthology I thought you were going to take. Which one's up? Uh, a Christmas horror story? No. Did I, you ever see that? I, I did mean, see it's it. it's bad. It's, no, I like it because it has the... Wait, they make your top four. The bum, I mean, it's not great, great. Doesn't the bum fight like a security guard or some shit? There's that. There's a Santa killing all the zombie elves. Yeah. It's my favorite So one, good, man. yeah. It's not my number four either. <laughs> <clears throat> you were just about to type that down? I was. Yeah. I was about to put that on the list. So, Matt, I'm between two, and since I have the last pick, I can just talk out loud. I'm between Santa's Sleigh, which is a great comedy horror movie. And it has Goldberg in it. Uh, it uses some language you can't say anymore. Yeah. Both, both <laughs> words. Both both words Mm-mm. that I needed to learn that everybody should not say nope. anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my number four pick as Rare Exports. Great movie. Yeah. A yeah. Finnish movie um, that I just saw again this year, but it really topped the list. Um you you have uh, some Finnish children that break into an excavation site in their hometown, and they figure out they're digging for Santa. Yeah, um, and Santa's not so nice. No, <laughs> and either Santa's sleigh or this one, Santa's not so nice. Um, but they capture an elf who is the creepiest motherfucker I've ever yes. seen. Uh, he stares at children, and it creeped me out. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of naked, bearded old men, elves throwing freaking pickaxes around. Trigger warning. Yeah. 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 If you don't like naked bearded old men, don't watch this movie. Although I don't think you see any tinkle dinkers. I think it's just no. yeah, it's no. it's just odd. Done. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Odd. Um But yeah, great movie. Um just a fun little uh weird movie. Yeah. But definitely I enjoyed it. Definitely hits the reason for the season for me. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a Christmas horror movie. Um, I think we have eight that was well solid done. ones, man. Yeah, it was, well, it was you, well done. Do you have any other ones that you didn't try to put on? Uh, there were uh, Puka, which is on Hulu. It was good. I liked. Yeah. It, it was a little boring in the middle. I watched that a couple of years ago. Um, there was one I watched last night that was god awful. What was it called? Oh, Dead End. Never yeah, watch this awful. movie. Never watch this movie. I saw it on a bunch of lists online yeah. saying it was like top 10. I'll try it out. It was terribly produced. Shit. And it was boring. There was no gore. It sucked. And it was very. It also used language that does not hold up in mm-hmm. 2021. Think like. Not that, it, not that I'm canceling a movie for that. It's like WWE 19. Because Santa Slay is still good, even though yeah. he uses the F word and the R word. Like. A lot. There's a lot of R words. A lot. Yeah. And he also has to speak. But it's Goldberg. Somebody. It's Goldberg. Yeah. And he kicks a dog, which is my favorite. <laughs> Listen to Halloween is Forever covered it in oh, great yeah. detail. Listen to them. Because uh, it, it is worth watching uh, for a good laugh. Absolutely. Um, what else was on my list? Uh, oh, a movie that could have taken the spot from Rare Exports or Inside. Uh, a little movie called Christmas Evil, which I think was yeah. in the 1970s. And yeah. it's just about it. It's everything... 
that Santa Claus with Tim Allen should have been. Yeah. Where it's a guy just being demented, thinking mm-hmm. he was Santa Claus, and like creeping on kids and killing people with toys. It was a pretty good movie. It was a little slow, but it was 1970s. You have to, it's 1970s horror. You really have to give it some leeway. You do. And it was yeah. a, a lot better than Dead End, and, yes. which was, I think, was 2006. It was so ever. bad. It was so bad. Or 2003, so it was terrible. It looks like the first movie that was ever filmed on an um, iPhone. <laughs> no, other than that, one of the two of us said it. Yeah, that's it. So I got two for you that I didn't get to use. One of which is... Um, and a, I had a Christmas horror story, but yeah. it wasn't but I like that, that one. strong. I'm surprised you didn't use this one. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Thought about it. Uh, great one uh, about mental health and Thought about trauma. It. I honestly like the second one better than the first one. I do too, yeah. Because uh, it's funny. And I was going to put one on here just to piss you off. We got If you if you were stealing some of mine, I had this one to put on there just to make you mad as a Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I would have I know. I could, our, like, your ears got so red as I said it. I wouldn't have let you put that one on. It's not a horror. <laughs> it is. It's not. See, this is why I would have done it. Then I'm it. putting Scrooged on because there's ghosts. Yeah, that works. Oh, then that's my number one. Pick. <laughs> nope, can't go back. It's not a horror. So, though. It's not a horror. What? It's spooky. It's spooky. It's not horror. What is what is horror though? But spooky. It's more than it's okay. Gory. All I'm saying is, if our friends can win with Beetlejuice. I mean, our I, number, I can, th- I our number three, our number three picks respectively might make people throw up. Uh, yep. Yes. So, <laughs> yep. Nightmare Before Christmas quite isn't quite old enough. Take a back seat. <laughs> so Adam, we have eight solid picks, and we actually had some fun ones on the side too. But we got to pick four that we want to give to people. To uh, spice up the family cinema night there with the popcorn on uh, Christmas night. So. I kind of have an idea of where it should go. I okay. just think uh, Let me hear we it. need to rank them. Okay. I think it's solid. I think we have a solid fall off after our, each of our first two picks. I believe so too. In production, in value, in I, anything. Know, so I think our first four picks are the top four. Well, it's just how do we rank them? I only want to say that await further instructions. Maybe, because I haven't seen that. So I can't. I can't say here or there about that okay. just because I haven't. So the one I did not make it to this year. What I'll do then is because you haven't watched it. I think once you watch it, you'll you'll see how brutal it is. But I agree with you, your first statement too, that without knowing, await further instructions, that our one and two picks definitely make the Mount Rushmore here. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think ooh. – Yes, I think in that order. As far as Christmas horror, mm-hmm. Black Christmas is definitely the more horror yes. involved. The better movie is Gremlins. It, yeah, I can agree with that. Production-wise and storytelling, it is the better movie. But the only reason why I want to put Black Christmas above Gremlins, for two reasons. And it's from what I said earlier, it was critically acclaimed as a horror movie. And then it was among watching and using uh agreed upon as a great horror christmas movie i agree while gremlins had some debate that's not to say that that i think gremlins Gremlins is a little more silly and it is uh, lighthearted but i think it's the only reason why i think black christmas is more christmas than gremlins too is first and foremost the title and then it actually involves a guy legitimately killing people with like fucking christmas lights and shit right so yeah, so can we do Black Christmas and Gremlins 1 and 2? Sounds good to me. Okay. So then we're left with uh, Better Watch Out in Krampus for 3 and 4. My pitch to you is Better Watch Out than Krampus. 
for the same reasons why I think that Gremlins, Gremlins is a better movie shot for shot than Black Christmas, but Black Christmas has a better storyline. I think that Better Watch Out has a better storyline than Krampus. Just so you don't get through this without a little bit of an argument. My only no. argument against that is Krampus involves more Christmas, well, a lot more Christmas than Better Watch Out. Yeah, you're because they're setting the like, Better Watch Out is like set in a it's house. It's set in a house decorated. during Christmas, but yeah. like Christmas never really plays. Yeah. You're right. And if we're gonna do Black Christmas over Gremlins, and it only makes sense. You're right. Okay, so Krampus. Plus, you're going with something yeah. a little more established. A few. Uh, it's only a few years more established, but more of an established uh, folklore with Krampus. Like Krampus has been big the last. What made that so big? At least here in I know it's been big in Europe for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten big here in it was big before that movie yeah. came out like when we were in college krampus was yeah was big well, think, and there were some really bad versions of krampus <laughs> movies before the do you want to hear my actual theory on it yeah sure uh hot topic <laughs> that's that's possible i'm just saying hot topic became such a big thing and everyone's like "Ooh, the anti this ooh, the anti that despite the fact that hot topic was the most commercial anti whatever the fuck it is thing but Everyone was like, oh, yeah, I want to be edgy. So, like, fuck Santa Claus. What's the what's the opposite of Santa What's the opposite of Spider-Man? Carnage. What's the opposite of Santa Claus? Krampus. So, everyone, like, went full Hot Topic and went to Krampus. And that's Man, why it built it up. My answer for everything is just Satan, though. <laughs> I mean, hell Satan. <laughs> but I think at this point, you saw the commercialization of Hot Topic. What was your first thing? Spider-Man? Satan. Yeah. Spider-Man. Santa? Satan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Absolutely. works. Yeah, so good theory, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The only thing that doesn't work, like fruitcake. Satan, no, same. They're on the same side. Same level, dude. You ever get yeah, the poops yeah. from fruitcake? Oh yeah, Satan every time. Satanic, every time. <laughs> Satanic poops. I do like the rummy fruit bits in it. I do too. That's gross. why you keep going it's back. Gross. It's like going to hell. You like the pain. It's like Hellraiser. You just like give me the hooks. <laughs> You're just eating the fruitcake and just shitting your pants. So for the well, yeah, I think for the first time ever, my wife made uh, instead of rum balls, she made bourbon balls this Ooh, year. Oh shit! Snuck into those last night. Nice. Really so cool. She made some ginger ones and some Oreo ones. I'm coming over. I'm hungry. So. <laughs> For all of our listeners who want an alternative to their Miracle on 34th Street playlist, we give you number one, Black Christmas, number two, Gremlins, number three, Krampus, and number four, Better Watch Out. These are four great films that can help you kind of break away from the common tropes of Christmas and maybe freak your family out so you get some alone time with some of the cool gifts you get. So if you think your list is better than ours, please let us know, man. DecayingWTB at gmail.com. Let us know. And it was the same director made Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. What? Directed by the same man. Wow. What a... Just a few years... Flip. Yeah. Just a few years apart. So I'm just done being nice. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so, Adam, usually we do uh, questions, comments, and whatevs. And don't forget, too, our listener polls are dropping every Tuesday. And you just follow us at Decay and WTB on all of our social media platforms. None of you sent us your Spotify... Nobody, nobody so wanted just, to. I'm just done asking. Nobody wanted to get made fun of. It's okay. Maybe just text us your favorite bands, and maybe I mean one of us will like them. One I of think us so. Might not. Yeah. We're very diverse in yeah. them, you know. Uh, but so I was thinking, uh, since we're going to take a week off next week, we give our listeners a week off this week. So I went back to my favorite Twitter feed and found three questions that oh, are no. insane <laughs> to me. Uh, I didn't, and for the listeners, I didn't. I 
barely read these beforehand, so I don't really know what they are. <laughs> and since we're in the, uh, since I'm in the away uh, field today, I don't have my laptop in front of me. I'm gonna try to pull them up real quick before okay. Matt shocks me. So, uh, so go ahead. I'll, I'll, I can think on the fly. <laughs> this Twitter feed, uh, great. I'll, I mean, I'll. You know what? I'm gonna see if I can get this person to actually come on the show to to pick their brain more about this. But for right now, I'm just gonna ask the question. This is the guy that's like seems like a psychologist. It looks like it. I think he's written a book. I'd like for him to come on. I would just too. Pull just just pull our destroy mind. us. Yeah, <laughs> pull our smooth brains like pork <laughs> and make sandwiches out of it. Mine's been slow cooking forever. Samezies. So, uh, Adam, how much do we discover ourselves while in the midst of a friendship or relationship? I get, and or relationship. So whichever one's more telling for you. I mean, I, th- I think a lot. I mean, if you're, if I think I learned a lot about myself more so, more so than my, more so my flaws than my positives, maybe, or maybe they just stick out more. I mean, cause if you're just in a, if you're just in an echo chamber of yourself, you might not know how your behavior might be negatively affecting people. I don't know. Or like negative aspects of your character. Okay. But you know what I mean? So like if you have yeah. a friend or or a, or a significant other calling you on your bullshit, it helps you be helps you maybe see that that's not the right thing to do and lead you in the right direction. I, it also depends on your friends and your that's true relationships. You have too. a bunch of yes men around you right. at all times because that gets really fun or just boring. negative influences. Like yeah. if you're hanging out with the local street gangs, yeah, like, <laughs> the oh, riff raff. You should be selling more drugs. <laughs> Uh, I think, and I agree with you because I I always think of I think it molds a person. I guess is what I want. to Yeah, say. like it totally molds a person. I would say too. Like I, I think along the same lines, when I'm thinking of something, and if I feel like it's kind of dumb, this is going to sound very Homerish to me. But uh, if I'm doing something, I'm like, what would Adam say if he saw me doing this? I, I do find myself saying that because I respect your opinion on things a lot. Um, so I'm like, oh man, if Adam saw me doing this thing right now, what would he say? Um, yeah, that helps yeah. me. So I think I do find out a lot about myself because I, I respect your opinion and what you say and think. So that helps me understand. It, it gives me a break for pause, I guess. Yeah. So like before I do it, I think about it, which I've always done anyway, but now there's like an extra layer. Like I think about what would my wife say? What would Adam right. say? What right. would Lori say? Like right. I, you know, I think of those things like, because I don't want to, my goal in my life now, not to be nice to everybody, but I think my goal in life right now is to just let people know that like my morality and integrity. This is where I'm at. Yeah. That's where I base my decision. I hate how these questions get so multi-layered for me because I'm yeah. also as I get older, I'm not taking on any new uh, inputs. Like I don't. No, nah. it's really hard for you to break in and be like influence me in any way yeah. at this point. I'm sorry. If you're, if, you're so, <laughs> if you're somebody I haven't met already, there are people. Like there's new people. There might be a new person every year that like just comes into my circle and and I and I think about in that way. Like yeah. the, not that they influence me, but like exactly like. They come into mind when I'm decision making. Yeah. But it's way fewer. It was almost everybody you met, you know, when mm-hmm. you were in middle school and high school. Oh, yeah. And then you weeded some of that bullshit out in college. Then you weeded a lot of that bullshit out when you got into your professional career. And now you're in your 30s. Some of us have kids. If you have kids, it yeah. weeds it out way more, oh, I'm yeah. sure. 
Um, cause you try to get, you probably get child care advice and rearing advice from everybody. Oh yeah. Um, well, I think the other thing too, but, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely more limited now, Yeah. but, yeah. but, but the, the, the state trues are, you're definitely like, oh, definitely yeah. you hit these state true people and there's even people in my life, um, that maybe I don't keep in contact with, or we had a falling out and if they came back in, I would give them just as much. Uh, weight as you or yeah. my wife or somebody else like there's definitely been really important people in my 20s that i just haven't seen in yeah in a long time that if they moved it to pittsburgh or like hell yeah into each other yeah. and like yeah yeah there were definitely people in my 20s that were very influential that nothing bad happened it was just like just grew apart yeah yeah and i was gonna say too three events in my life changed the dynamics of my peer circles significantly buying a house getting married, having a kid. Those three things in my life personally changed the complexities of my peer circles. My God, mine are so much darker. Yeah. <laughs> talk about <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that we'll off talk microphone. We'll talk about that on a future episode. Um, but yeah, you know, no, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I mean, those are also like life's three biggest yeah. stressors. Like, especially are. the buying the house and having kids. Dude. Usually the the... Usually the marriage part's a happy time but yeah the, but buying yeah. a house even though it's happy it's mm -hmm. i'm going through now it's very stressful even just yeah. searching right well now. it's like you disappoint somebody you did like I, I never knew that when you buy a house or you get married or you have a kid i never knew this you're disappointing somebody somebody's like oh my god you're getting married and i'm not invited or you bought a house oh, i didn't worry about this fucking people <laughs> oh, I, I just said sorry like Sorry, it's a small list. Like it fucked me up. I had some people that were like super pissed about it, but then like when I had a kid, like I'll never see you again, and then they made that reality. Reality, yeah. and then when I bought a house, like well, I can't believe you're living that far outside of the city. Guilty. Yeah, <laughs> but we still see each other. Adam. Yeah, we see each. Other. It's only because I was literally about like going to move where you were moving from. Are you haul cars? Trucks just fucking pass yeah, each other. Just like you and my brother on the births of your children. <laughs> yeah. Our U-Haul trucks almost hit each other yeah. as you were moving out and I was moving in. But uh, but th then again, too, it goes back to like... I was not moving... For the listeners, I was not moving there because Matt moved... The my wife just Bullshit. so happened to live, to, live in the Bullshit. same town. <laughs> He's moving to come see me. Well, no, it was... um. Then you're an asshole for moving out. I am. Uh, but I think, though, too, it goes back to another statement I said, like, but we make the conscious effort to see each other yeah i mean i can i've already gotten the 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 house thing yeah like, uh i talked to a good friend of ours who lives very close to where i live currently yeah um i was like oh we're looking for houses he's like oh here in crafton i was like part of the search yep he's like well where are you really looking at and i told him a couple areas which were literally 10 minutes away but it is across a bridge and he's oh like, fuck that bridge though and i'm like yep yeah, i'll still come see you yeah <laughs> it's like i don't know why everybody's so worried about the bridges i, I don't need to hang out exclusively at rush hour like we yeah. can wait till after it's fine yeah it's, it happens everyone's convenience becomes their priority yeah you know what i mean yeah but where where i think that's where that's what that's what i have to offer is like i don't have kids so i will go out of my way yeah. to like like today keep relationships going. <laughs> yeah like i'll drive i don't care yeah. like it doesn't it's wonderful me. yeah it's um so that goes into the next question here, kind of. Do you think that it, it is disappointments that truly age us? Because we do face some disappointments as we grow older, people, you know, growing apart from us and whatnot. So do you think it's disappointments that truly age us? 
Oh, well, that comes with like two, like these questions are so multi-layered. Because does that mean disappointments in ourselves or disappointments in others? Because like disappointments in myself, I feel like make me younger. Because okay, it drives me, it like gives me energy to drive and become better. But disappointments in other people just stress me out. Yeah. Further than they need to. Even in my 30s, I still care about those people that just annoy, like not even annoy me, but like literally just disappoint me. Like, oh, I thought you were this kind of person and you're this kind of person. Yeah. And let me give you an endless number of chances to prove yourself right. Let me give you an endless number of chances to save this friendship or whatever we have. And it doesn't work out. I think that ages me. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think I age myself in my own disappointments. I, I just, you know, wallow in my self-doubt for a day and then, well, we'll do it better next time. Or let's do it better right now. Depending on what, if it's a beer, let's do it better next time. If it's something in around the house or or at my job, let's fix that tomorrow. Like, I'll get on that right away and yeah. make it better. I, I don't let that stuff stress me out. If it's something I can control, it doesn't age me. Yeah. I worry too much about stuff I can't control, which is a problem. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that, I do think that. That ages, ages me, the yeah. fuck out of me. Because here's what happens. I'll do something that I'm disappointed about. And then I think about it and then I think about it so much that I create scenarios that don't even happen. And I live in those scenarios. Worst place in the shower. Number one, I'm having arguments in my brain that never happened and will never happen. And I can just feel my brain. I give myself headaches in the shower. And then, uh, before I go to bed, my mind will be like, as I'm closing, as I'm closing my eyes, I'm like, like, why did you say this? Why did you do that? Why didn't you just do this one thing differently? So it's not so much disappointments as it is like missteps stick in my brain so hard and I can't stop thinking I about never, them. People tell me that shower problem all the time. I never have that. You lucky bastard. No, it, I have the sleep. I have the sleep. Oh, yeah. Like the bed one. But no, in the sh- well, I think in the shower, it's either like, God damn it, I got to get to work or God damn it, I got to get to whatever. <laughs> like, I just never have time to stop and think. At best, I'm like, oh, this water's warm, and I was fucking freezing. Like, yeah. Like, that's it. Like, I don't think about <sighs> Everybody has, like, shower thoughts and shit. I was like, I'm not in there long enough. Dude, it's, uh, there, there was actually a time, it was, like, I think it was last week, I was thinking about something, and I forgot to legitimately wash my hair. I was thinking about something, I was, like, taking a shower, and I got done, I went to dry my hair, I was like, my hair's still kind of dry, like, what the fuck's happening, I just never washed my this hair. This man bun's gonna go right up. It, it did, too, I was like, I got places, that... then it turned into what you were saying, I gotta go, I got. <laughs> then I was just like, man bun, up, gone, out of here. Larry King size, right here, well, yep. well, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so lastly here, Adam, what for you is the sign that you have a unique connection with someone? You have to go first. I don't know. Okay. I think it's a unique connection with someone. I think I have what I, I lovingly call the Lay's potato chip effect. If I have a unique connection to somebody, I don't want to just have one contact with them. I want to keep having contact with them. Yeah, I think that like, – yeah, I think that's definitely it. But, like, yeah. what triggers that? Like, what sets that off to where, like, well, you want more than – Well, I think – I, uh, like, I think you and I have a unique relationship right. and this, and I, and I like to, you know, I think my wife and I have a unique relationship, those kind of things. 
but I uh, to base it off because you're here and I can but talk I think to you. The, about I think it. those are exclusively unique. Like those are two very different unique. They're different uniques for yeah. sure, but they both have the same. Like I always want to be around you, and I always want to be around my wife. And we have friends in our circle, and like I don't always want to be around them, but I always want to be around you. And our friends don't always want to be around their wives. Correct. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's like when you're like i've never thought about some other people are like i'm formulating plans in my life like well how am i gonna fit them into this and i think about you when i'm making plans and i'm like like for instance we talked about the podcast dude. like i'm gonna try to make a full-blown podcast studio here and i was like well if i do it is that like how's that put adam in like does he have to drive here all the time do we have to do this or to do that like, how do I make it so there's, a, you know, enough room and, you know, I, and I think about you that way. And then like, when I'm, I swear, I was thinking about buying a car. I was like, what's the gas mileage? Like, I'm going to Adam's house all the time, yeah. you know? And it's, it's because my connection to you, maybe unique, but well, also. I knew, I knew your thought process. Cause even yeah. when you were like, you can come here Thursday or I'll go there Friday. And I immediately was just like, well, if you need me to come there anytime, I'm free yeah. these days. Like, don't worry about when you can get here. I can always get there. Like, yeah. if I'm free, I can get there. Like, not a big deal. I, I, I don't I don't know. Because, like, I offer – I guess it's when I start offering my myself up to, like, help them out with stuff. It's unique. I don't know. Yeah. what. So what's the question again? Just real quick. Uh, what for you personally is a sign that you have a unique, re- or a unique connection with somebody? I th- I think it's I don't know what gets me to the point, but it's when people are just like, "Hey, I'd like to." It's really just people like offering up time. Yeah, helps. Like maybe gets me to a unique. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll talk about you know what we're doing in the brewery or what we're doing on the podcast or something we have coming up. Yeah, and I'll be like, "Well, let me know if you need any help. I'm I'm always free on blank day if you do it that day." I'm always free on blank, and I do the same thing to people when I feel like yeah. I want to help them out. Like uh, Bobby Nacho or Darren from Couch. Like if they're just like, "Oh yeah, we're we're we're, we're canning we're canning on Tuesday," and blah blah blah. Like I feel like it's a unique relationship if I feel like I can if I can offer. And it won't be completely scoffed at and say, oh, if you need help, give me, you know, yeah. shoot me a text. Right. I'm free. Like, I, I think it's just, I think the time is the most valuable part of a friendship or a relationship. So, like, when people offer time, I feel like that that's what takes people to the next level. That takes people from being an acquaintance to a friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the offering of yourself. Yeah. The, the, the offering of yourself or offering yourself to, like, people who offer their time to me. Whether yeah. it's just they want to learn how to homebrew or whether they want to hang out while I'm brewing um, or just want to come over and try beers. Like, yeah. Hey, you're taking your time to support what I'm doing or learn what I care about. Even if it's – I'm not saying it's self-indulgent ever. Even if they purely just want to learn homebrewing, they want to learn from me. That's right. That's cool when they obviously see something in me they like. Yeah. I, I, I'm so insecure. I feel like they have to – like. Usually I need a first step taken towards me yeah. before I take anything seriously because I just don't have self-confidence in myself that I'm anything 
<clears throat> important. You're a goddamn butterfly, Adam. <laughs> so it's like if somebody reaches out to me, I'm like, oh, I think we might be friends. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But like to get to like really, really unique relationships, I don't know. I think there's something just un unknown that like you you just eventually make that connection with somebody and it's just set. Yeah. And I, I I've had that with people and it's faded and I've had that with people and it continues and yeah, and then like what you said, there's people that you think of what every what every action or whatever you have to do that week is how is it gonna convenience them or inconvenience them or yeah. make them feel. Um yeah, it's like ooh, being that's a super loaded question. Being considerate, I guess. Like yeah. When you find yourself, yeah, being it's like when you go out of your way to be considerate for somebody, that's a unique relationship. Like way out of your way. Like yeah, I can agree with that because now that I look at some of the relationships I do have, I mean, I have close friends. I have a very small group of close friends, and then I have friends that I'm like, if I saw you out and we were having a beer, I might buy you a beer or something. Like that's probably the extent of it. But like you said, but like, we're already there. But then there's other friends like yeah. If you're sick on your couch and you can't leave your house, I'll drive an hour yeah. to stop it right in and get you medicine. Like, Right, yeah. There's different levels. And that's also just you guys are such good friends that you could call mm -hmm. that person to do yeah. that. That's like when Adam's asshole fell out and I came over to try to mow his grass. He said no. He's the wrong name on that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get it, man. It's uh, – yeah, it's when you – like you sacrifice yourself for somebody a little bit, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's you're giving up your time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that unique connection kind of feels like. I agree with that. But I mean, a lot of time, like, and as far as like me giving up time, like that's the other thing, like where other people, like if they ask me for help, it's not me giving up my time. I'm choosing to use my time to go learn from somebody. They're giving up their knowledge at that point. Yeah. So like sharing knowledge is a big thing too. Like it, it's, there's so many factors, right? There's just so many factors. Yeah. Like, for me, I think the simplest thing to say, though, is time. Like, yeah. who would you give up your time for? It's also a test, too. Because you only have so much time. You know what I mean? Like, it's also a test. Like, if you, like, like say, like, you're like, oh, you drove to me today to do the podcast, and then you were like, oh, man, I'm in a pinch. Can you come to me? I'm like, I actually, no, I really can't. Like, it's disingenuous to a degree. Like, it depends how much you've invested in that relationship, how much you trust each true. other. True. Like, yeah. it, it could be possible just, like, you have other factors too. You have kids, right? Your car's not doing well right now. Like, there's there's other factors. Like, my you might car, not be able to. My car's throwing up oil. Like Adriana yeah. Chechik yeah, yeah, throws yeah. up after a DP session. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. But like, if you were single and had a freaking oh yeah, uh, you know, I don't know what a fucking fancy car is. I don't know how to drive them anymore. I just drive any car that moves right now to me. If you is had a freaking brand new BMW in the driveway and had no kids and weren't married, and you were like, "Yeah, I just can't make it to you today." It's like you're an, an asshole. Like, you're an, yeah, then you're an asshole. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I think that's it. And I, I, I think, I think time means more than money. Like there, there's, there's a lot of friends uh, that I don't have anymore that I, I wish I had, and it doesn't. I don't, ca I don't care if they buy me a Christmas gift or a yeah. birthday gift or buy me a beer at the bar. Give me your, give me, give me an hour. I'll buy you two beers right? and, and we'll still be friends. Like, I just want to talk. Give me your fucking time. Yeah. Give me your ear. Yeah. Yeah. Give Let me know how it's going. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah. That's what's stressing me out more than how I know how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? Yeah. You know, I know how I'm doing. I go to therapy. So, <laughs> so Adam, we are in the throngs of the holiday season, and we are about to move into the thick of stout season. So I have to ask you, 
What's on tap and where can you find us? You're going to have to beer with me, Matt, because I don't have my uh, tap list right in front of me this week like I usually do. But we still have a little bit of the Shat-Faced Pumpkin Stout on tap. It's an 8.1 pumpkin pumpkin roll stout. Um, Hitting tap number two, we have the Every Time I Chai, Chai Tea Stout coming at 7.5%. I have quite a bit of that left, but it is going quick. Uh, starting, what day are we at now? It's Friday, huh? It's Friday. Sunday, the, uh, How a Groot Stole Christmas, Christmas Grew It, uh, ale is on. It is a honey cranberry lingonberry ale that is fermented on Scottish ale yeast. It's quite good. It's a little tart ale. It's not quite sour, but I would say it's tart just with the uh, cranberries in there. That's coming in at 7.2% this year. That'll be available uh, the day this podcast releases. So if you're listening to it, it is ready to roll. And then on the fourth tap, we have, help me out, Matt. Oh, the gingerbread stout, yeah. which I am, we are not naming it this, but it's unofficially being named, not my gumdrop buttons, gingerbread <laughs> ale, or gingerbread stout. And that is also coming in at 7.5, just yeah. like the chai tea. Can I offer Can I offer a new name for the gingerbread? Yeah, ale? please, because I have uh, nothing. Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Gary Busey because he's ginger dead man. He's ginger I dead get, man. Yeah, a Gary Busey. Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or hey, a toothy smile. <laughs> I was just gonna say when we make a label for it, it'll just be a big toothy smile. Big old ginger. Big old cat. meth smile. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's it. And then we in in the fermenter right now we have the uh, little bit of the bubbly brute IPA that we. Sweet with a little bit of peach, make it a Bellini inspired ale, and that'll be coming out New Year's Eve at the Jojitorium only. You will not be seeing bottles of that yes. until 2022 if we have any left. Yeah, if we have any left, I don't know if it's going to make and, it to the other side. And unless it tastes like complete crap, yeah, we have a barley wine we're, we're uh, <gasps> oh no, tapping for oh, dude. the Jojitorium. This Eve has party. been a beer year, so I will say to our listeners, yeah. This is your invite. Message me. We are doing a little event in the Jojitorium. In we are in uh, on the edge of Crafton and Green Tree, basically. So if you're in that area and can get there safely and get home safely, uh, hit us up in our messages and we'll we'll let you know the details. Um, I'd love to meet a couple of you guys. And come try our beer on draft. Um, no charge to get in. No no charge yeah. for anything. Just be safe. Don't feel like bringing anything. If you if you want to bring some some beers you like to share. That'll be yeah. fun. A nice little can share would be good. For sure. Um, but again, just, just be, be safe. safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please don't drive from, yes. from freaking North Hills or something yes. and, and get too drunk. Because the barley wine's 15.2%. Yeah. A lot of the beers we'll have on tap are over 7%. Right. So, uh, and it's 2021. Yeah, make sure you make sure you have a ride, either Uber. a DD or you live close yeah. or you can Uber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can sleep in the yard. We are offering the basement <laughs> for costs. <laughs> So, yeah, you can totally sleep in the yard or yeah. sleep in your car. Yeah, you can, you can curl up with Tucky in the yard or something, you know. But if you want to find what's going on with Adam down the brew lab, just follow him at Bash underscore brew on all social media. And he's uh, Bash Brewing on Facebook. And he's also on Untapped. If you want to know what's going on with the boys, just search us out at KNWTV on all social media. Don't forget our listener polls drop on Tuesdays. And our email is always available for your questions, comments, and whatevs to KNWTV at gmail.com. So, from the uh, holly jolly Christmas we have here in the Casa de la Anderson Secondary Jojitorium to wherever you are listening to this podcast, Merry Christmas. Cheers. I'm not going to let you sign off that easy. No? No.
have a little something I wanted to say. Okay. If you're listening to this Sunday morning, Sunday is the last day of couch brewing. So, if you're listening to this, you have nothing going on. I know it's the Christmas season. They're kicking their kegs today. And they've meant more to us at Bash Brew than any other brewery in Pittsburgh. They've opened themselves up to us, have been friendly to us, gave us opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, so please come out, have a beer, help them kick those kegs, uh, and say goodbye to, to, to a great establishment that didn't give a shit about snobby beer folks yep. or, or what you knew about beer. They just wanted you to enjoy their beer, teach you about beer, and and have a good time and one of the best venues to drink some craft beer so i would be remiss if i didn't didn't throw couch out on this last uh podcast to say thank you uh for everything you've done for for me and matt here at uh, the came with the boys and what you've done for us at bash brew and uh i wish everybody good luck i i hope everybody at couch i will you know see you soon and see you often uh once you, once the doors close and just to, just to thank you so it's safe to say uh Cheers to couch. Cheers to couch. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Cheers.